Whoa. Um, Kalal, thank you so much for being on the Who Dares Wins podcast. Um, it was such a blessing. And I, I wanted you to come on because I know that the, the man that you are, the teacher that you are, the father that you are, congratulations, the physical so father that you are, um, the husband that you are, the friend, um, would really help people to understand more or less like what this is all about. Awesome. Well, thanks, JP, for having me on the podcast. I always like listening to your podcast. And I, um, you know, uh, my name is Kalel, and I live in New York City. And I help run a school of supernatural ministry uh, led by Georgine and Winnie Banoff. So I, I help equip people in hearing God's voice, which is actually a life message for me. My name, if you break it down in Hebrew, actually means voice of God. So I was wow. connected to this thing from the beginning. And my greatest passion is to connect people to God's voice because that's one of my greatest thrills in life is to interact and to commune with God and to hear him speak to me. So that's one of my wow. primary drives in life and also what I'm called to do for the church. Mm. I totally and I totally agree with that that's exactly what you do um so thank you for sharing that why don't um you share a little bit about um because I you know if you want to you can check him out on CBN I think where you share your testimony yeah but I thought maybe you could share a little bit about your testimony how you got to know Jesus maybe before you were with Jesus and then how you came to Jesus because your prophetic destiny on your life was was from the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, early on, I remember, um, you know, having a vision as a child of New York City. And I was living in New Jersey at the time, but God showed me New York and he showed me uh, Christ in New York, Christ crucified in New York. And I was about 12 years old at that point. But it was kind of like an open vision I was seeing in the city, and I don't, sh I haven't shared that. I don't know with, I don't know who I shared if I ever shared that. But um, it's you wow. know from an early age I was drawn to God. I would ask my parents about God. Um, grew up non-religious, so we we weren't really churched, um, so I didn't really get the answers I was looking for, but always got answers that were leading into greater levels of hunger and desire for God. So, you know, God wasn't shut down uh, from my parents, but it caused me to really um, wonder. And I always had a faith in God, but never knew him, never heard the gospel until I was 20 years old. And, um, you know, when I was 19, I had a couple experiences of almost dying on drugs and God came in and saved me, uh, gave me the breath in my lungs, and uh, kind of promised that I would never do that again. And, of course, continued to do the bad stuff I was doing because it was impossible to stop. And uh, at least from my perspective and strength. And then uh, the other experience I had was, was kind of desperate, cried out to God, asked him if he was real. And he flashed my life before my eyes and showed me all the times that he 
was there and was revealing himself to me. And in that encounter, I knew that it was God. And then he showed me outer space. And then he showed me the cross. And uh, up until that time, I didn't know Jesus was God, but that was leading me to him, to the cross, to Christ. Um, I was reading all kinds of new age things, but didn't know Jesus was God. And um, that, that caused me to pursue God even more. And, uh, but I didn't pursue him in church. I just kind of was inquiring about him and reading more. And, and then I ended up in a church service um, through friends, through people loving on me, you know, through friendship evangelism. And I went for about a week and then I got saved on in the middle of the week. Um, God showed me, you know, if you receive me as your Lord, you're going to lose all your friends. Um, But at that point I didn't, you know, the cost wasn't, you know, to me, I was at a point of desperation and I needed God. So I, I just gave God my life that day and it's been the best life since. I mean, I've, I've just pursued him ever since, you know, I had the Holy Spirit come live and dwell inside of me. I became a new creation, born again. And I was able to quit all that stuff that was plaguing me before. And um, so, uh, wow. yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so awesome, man. Like, I love that. I love that. Uh, Cause I used to think that was so like crazy. These, you know, watching Sid Roth and, um, <laughs> you know, you know, like with the supernatural and stuff. And sometimes I'm like, God, like, you know, I want to give them a new ad campaign, you know, but um, cause it's so, it's so trippy, you know, yeah. like, Man, the prophetic is, is real. It's not, you know, but right, it's all right. good. And, um, you know, bless him. But, um, when you had that vision of being in outer space and then like seeing the cross, it, it it's, it's like, it's like, whoa, right? Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it's like, wow, like, look at how God was like talking to you and communicating to you, showing you your whole life. And um, so there was a couple of things that you were sharing that I wanted you to expound on. One is that I've just been continuing to ask people about. And part of why I wanted to have you on was to on, by the way, is the Who Dares Wins podcast. <laughs> I'm terrible at promoting. <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, where we challenge fear and step in faith. Um, but uh, is, is, is like equipping people and helping people who might not go to church or know about God, but are listening to this podcast to understand um, how they might be hearing from God, how uh, they might be seeing things, how when we start to understand how God works, you know, he speaks to us through, like you were saying, an open heaven. He showed you an open heaven. He gives you visions. But he also, I think also is that if you're listening and you have dabbled with new age or or different kinds of things like this, um, I see this a lot here in New York City, that people are being communicated like God is talking to them, but they're going to, it seems like, um, power without like the power giver or you could probably explain that better could you explain a little bit more of like how um if there's a correlation with 
you looking into new age stuff to try and understand how you think or what is happening in your life? And then what is an open heaven? Yeah, I mean, like as a young child, my my family went to church for a couple of years and uh, we stopped going. I was super young, but I remember desiring to stay and, and listen to the message and not go to children's church, you know, where they would talk about Noah's Ark and, you know, they would basically, you know, not talk about really Jesus. They would just talk about the stories that they felt like would be entertaining to me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I was always hungry for God. And I think that what happens is if you step into a church nowadays, for example, you kind of just do Russian roulette and, you know, walk into the first church that you see on the side of the road. Well, you know, you might be taking it, you're taking a chance there and you could walk into, you know, a plethora of different scenarios, you know, depending on the denomination, depending on the background, depending on whether or not, you know, they're even uh, Christians, you know, there's so many uh, branches of Christianity, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or denominations. So I think a lot of the church has shied away from the power and the gifts of the spirit. That's why we see such a strong pull towards psychics, you know, that, that industry Mm -hmm. it's over a billion dollar industry. And, you know, so I think that the church is coming into a, a greater level of maturity in in this, the gifts and the power gifts and the spiritual dynamic of God's kingdom. Uh, you know, there's a lot of groups and churches being raised up that train and equip in pr- the prophetic, in dream interpretation. I feel like we're behind, uh, you know, the mark for it. But at the same time, I do see it happening more often now and a healthier context being created for people to thrive in that place of understanding the power gifts Um, Mm -hmm. i think before the power was without character so um, you know people would move in power but they would treat their family in a disrespectful unkind way and the power caused people to get inflated with an ego of i'm strong i'm powerful but they missed the, the meek shall inherit the earth. You know, they missed humble yourselves so that God will exalt you. So if you don't have both of those things in operation, power will truly destroy your life. So as deep as you go in the power, you need to be that deep in character and love and humility. Uh, because if you don't have those two things in operation simultaneously, you're going to either get inflated with pride or on the other side of it, you're going to shrink back from being used in the power gifts and end up quenching the Holy Spirit. I teach it like this. I say, there's two things you could do to this Holy Spirit. There's quenching and there's grieving. Quenching denies the power of God and grieving denies the character of God. So, Mm. you know, you could find people doing one of those things, both of those things, But when you both allow the power of God to flow by not 
clenching him and allow his character, his fruit to manifest in your life by not grieving him, then you'll have a healthy expression of the nature of God in your life, the nature and power of God in your life. Wow. Wow. That's good. That's really good. That's great. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. Cause like, I just, I asked that question cause like, you know, I just see that so much and it's like, people are hungry to understand. I think that there's, I've met people through GCSSM, Global Celebration School, Supernatural Ministry, um, where, you know, where you're an instructor and, a, you know, kind of like the director in a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, I always wondered, I was like, he's our pastor. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but um, there, there was this story over and over again of uh, people saying to me that they would have visions, they would you know, hear things and experience things. And it was when they became Christian and felt the Holy Spirit and learned about the prophetic community and, and, and GCSSM that they finally felt like they were free to be themselves. And, um, but like a lot of their origins was, was um, trying to figure it all out through like new age and these kinds of things. So I just thought that was interesting that, you were you were going and looking at that stuff too before you had your encounter with God, you know. Right. And um, so I, I I just see that like really interesting. Like whenever I share my faith, like at the park, or stuff, and like I even had people that are into New Age like ask me to teach them how to read the Bible, and I'm like, well, you need Jesus first, like you, <laughs> you know, like I can show you how to read and I can show you how to use a concordance, but um, if you you know, surrender to Jesus, then he will give you the Holy Spirit and I will activate what you're experiencing. And now you'll be in alignment with him and the purpose of your life yeah. and the way he's made you. And now the Bible will make way more sense than it does right now. Cause right now it's just a book, you know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and then if you could, um, I think maybe you did this, but you know, my ADD, um, <laughs> What, what is an open heaven? Like, what does that mean when there's an open heaven? It, it seems like that from what I'm hearing and when I'm asking people and I looked it up and I was like, I, it looks like it's just like Bill Johnson came up with this, but like, is this idea that you have an opportunity or like, there's like this opportunity or grace or something like that where God is moving. I hear that a lot. What does that mean? Or like, I feel like people that are listening probably have that question too. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's many different ways that I could answer that question. But the thoughts that okay. come to me are the Bible tells us that if we mistreat our wives, it hinders our prayers. Mm. So, again, we go back to character and power. So the way that we treat each other has an impact in the open heaven over our lives. So I think that we are that open heaven. I mean, Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the king of glory may come through. The Bible calls us gates in which God himself can manifest through. You know, Jesus wow. prophesied, to uh, 
Simeon or one of those guys in the New uh, Testament. And he said that he will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So it wasn't upon a place, but upon a person. And that mm. person was Jesus. But in Jesus, we become the conduits in which God can extend his hand and his reality into the earth. He could extend his hand through us because he's chosen to use people to accomplish his purpose. So he can extend his hand through us to touch the world that's dying, decaying, you know, oppressed, afflicted, sick, mm. uh, lost. So he chooses to use us as we partner with him. Our hands could heal the sick. Our words could also heal the sick, could cast out demons, can preach the gospel of peace. And people could be encountered with the love of Jesus and give themselves over to the Lordship of Christ through our words as we partner with the gospel, as we partner with the good news. You know, we are a part of the restoration of all things. We are the ones that will carry the gospel to all the earth and see the return of Christ. Wow. So, you know, Christ's plan is predicated on the cooperation and co-laboring of his people because he's coming back for a spotless bride. He's coming back for a church that looks like something. So as we partner with Christ in his formation in our lives and expression of his purpose and plan in the earth, we're getting closer and closer to when he, he will come for his bride, establish his kingdom and rule and reign in the earth, in the new earth that the Bible tells us about. Wow. I feel, and, and you, you explain this really well in Sons of Glory. Um, I just, uh, I just felt like, I was like, oh, wow, it sounds like pages in your book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, well, I'm jumping around, but that's, that's really cool. That, that makes a lot of sense. Cause like, you were talking about quenching and grieving the spirit. And I feel like that has, that has to do with like God's access, you know? And, right. and so if we're quenching and grieving uh, the spirit, then the Lord is not free to do everything he wants to do. So it's like by being in a right place with him and repenting and um, w walking in love and compassion and and um first corinthians 13 honestly um for for people and each other and like you know if we're married our wives you know stuff like that uh it, i i felt like um when you were talking one of the things that jumped out to me is that you mentioned in sons of glory it says when we release the peace and glory of god it allows others to be set free from fear and i feel like when we're well, I agree with that because like when we're in, we're in alignment with the Lord, he's free to move through us. And then where it seems like we're just being compassionate and kind, like the Lord is actually using that to set people, the people we love and the people we're doing life with free from fear because, because God is, is good. He's amazing. He's, 
loving and 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 thoughtful and i think that's another thing that's so good about sons of glory too is that you helped as i was reading it um it's a short book so it's like i think i feel like you wrote it for people with like attention span stuff <laughs> so, so it's like can well, that's me. That's okay. me. So that's, that's, that's me too. I was like, wow, this is hammered. Oh man, next chapter. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting hammered and it's yeah. like, boom, next chapter. But, um, but uh, uh, it's so well, you're such, and you're also so good at condensing and helping people to kind of um, just, just like receive, like uh, just receive like the goodness of God and to really feel his heart and be excited about his thoughts for us, that God is not a distant God, that God is a present God. He's, he, he wants a relationship with us. He's not a concept. He's a person, you know, it's, it's Jesus. And so, um, you know, we'll get more to that, but, um, I just thought that was so good. And I just wanted to highlight mm. that. Um, so I wanted to just kind of like briefly, because I want to get to like Prophetic Nation and the books and just whatever you're doing now. But um, I just think it's amazing how you met Carla. Carla's your amazing wife. And you guys are just such a dynamic duo. Um, and just like maybe a little bit about that, because during this time of COVID and everything, we've seen a lot of people get married, a lot of people get engaged. And um, what I've been trying to do with myself and on this podcast is, is take time at, in different episodes to really express, um, you know, not, being fearless about uh, knowing what you need and like who you are. And then also like hearing God's voice so you can have his like, like God's will on your relationship versus like his um uh, there's like two words I'm trying to think of. Uh, it's like, um, his, his, like, like super will, I guess, like his per- permissive, yeah. uh, per- perfect, <laughs> perfect yeah. and permissive, like permissive is like, that wasn't really my choice for you, but amen, I'm gonna work with it, <laughs> you know, but now, but now it's covenant, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you better get it right. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. and and I I wanted to talk about that too because I see that even with unbelievers and um people at my job and people in the world that that don't even identify with like what we would call like Christian normative values or moral values like Christian moral values I guess but they but they actually do like they actually are looking for something that is like gonna last for forever. And all these things. And and I feel like more and more, even in cancel culture, that that God's truth and the things we learn from the Bible, they remain like undefeated, honestly, in my life. They 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 remain to be such a guide, like a like a lighthouse, you know, of 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 ways to love each other, ways to have a successful relationship. And to be in partnership with God. So I just thought that was really awesome about the way you and Carla met, how you got married. And then also um, just encouragement to people who may be thinking about that, 
but are really thinking more in their flesh and in their heart than like, and maybe what God is saying. And, and just, uh, I don't know. I feel like you talk about this in, in Sons of Glory as well, but if that made sense, I can like kind of condense it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, so for me, now I could tell people, you know, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added mm. to you. You know, I, I believe that before I got married, but it's different now in me saying it because it's like my family was like, yeah, you know, you know, if you want a wife, you're going to have to go out and get a wife because all you do is go to church <laughs> and, you know, you come home after work and go to bed, you know, you know, so two plus two is not, you know, equaling, you know, it's not going to work, you know, you got to kind of go after those things. Right. And I was like, you know, <laughs> and, you know, my family's not safe. So they, they didn't really understand the, the ways of the kingdom, that kind mm. of thing. And the simple trust and belief. Um, yeah. And, you know, how big God is, you know, we sometimes when we're, when we're in uh, the middle of, you know, the, the promise and the fulfillment of that promise it feels like God forgot us. Mm. And I could just tell you that God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten what he's promised you. Mm. You know, he has thoughts about your life that are more crystal clear and more intentional than you even have about your own mm. life. Mm. You know, mm. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but I could, I could tell you that the way that I, entered into a relationship with my wife was through pursuing my purpose. And I think people get sidetracked by thinking that marriage is their purpose. Mm. And, you know, marriage is a fruit of your life and the kingdom and things like that for, for some people. But, you know, you're really going to want to pursue your purpose first and foremost, because you want your partner to be aligned with whatever you're going after. So when they encounter you, they see what you're doing. They see what you're going after. They see what you're about, what you value, you know, how you posture yourself, your demeanor. And they either want that or they <laughs> don't. And sometimes it's good when they don't because they're God is protecting you with your own purpose Amen. and calling. And people that do want it are attracted to it and know what they're signing up for. Wow. You know, so it's when when we're when all our life is just pursuing a mate, pursuing a spouse, you know, that's secondary to and really I I I, I met Carla when God put on my heart to start pursuing the things that he's called me to. Oh man. And so I, I spoke. Come on. Yeah. I spoke all the promises that he's prophetically spoken to me into my phone. And I would listen to it every day on the way to work. I would drive to work and listen to the promises over and over and over again. And I honestly didn't have a promise for a wife mm. in there. But once I aligned to the prophetic words over my life, that's when all the other things began to get added to my life. Beautiful, beautiful. That's that's an amazing way to say that scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo. 
See, I, I'm not married. You know, I was, I, I mean, I was married, you know, amen. But like, um, mm-hmm. I see that in my life. I see how God is moving in my life since 2016. And, and, uh, um, and it's just, I think like there's a, uh, you mentioned this too, and I believe it's probably in the conscience as well. Um, you, you talk about pleasuring, like, be like the pleasure of the Lord, like being in, you know, pleasing to him, but also like delighting ourselves in the Lord. And, and, and I feel like I find pleasure in pursuing his purpose for my life. I find pleasure in, in going after God. I love serving. I love, I, I just love the Lord. He's wrecked my life, you know, in a good way. That's a, Good, good thing to say. Yeah. Um, and so, um, if you're listening, yeah. you know when we say like he wrecked me, it's like he didn't just like beat us up and leave us on the side of the road. <laughs> he's he's, <laughs> he's doing things internally, and it, and it's it's just drawing us even closer to his his intimacy. And um, and like that's the thing too. It's like Jesus is real, and learning more and more about marriage as I've been praying and pursuing my calling is that I have been wrecked at the understanding that marriage is like this physical expression of the bride and the bridegroom coming together, Jesus and his church, you know, in union together forever, um, experiencing his, um, you know, pleasure and his thoughts for us and his pursuit of us and um and we receive him like that song of songs is actually jesus pursuit of us you know and it's just yep. so unbelievable i totally disre- disregarded that book for like my whole life like my mom would be like if you want a girlfriend you need to read song of songs and i'm like i ain't reading that song so it's a bad <laughs> emotional book why well, want to read that book man you know, over me about David and he's killing people, you know. And, and and so I just I I just love that because um one of the things I've been sharing with my friends and I think they're starting to get it is that as they're pursuing what God has put on their hearts or like even just uh dealing deal with so that that doesn't come into their marriage, God is like opening up opportunities you know they're they're learning how to date with more confidence they're learning how to know what to look for but it it ultimately is rooted in just going after jesus and for me you know I, like i said i'm not married but like i have been able to kind of see um oh no no that's not good for me oh no no, no that's not the lord you know and mm-hmm. and and delight myself like in the journey and uh, sometimes it gets hard, you know, but at the same time, it's like when you're, when you're pursuing the Lord, like, man, he's so much better than all this garbage, you know, mm. and he's just so much. And I wish I was pursuing my, uh, the Lord more before I got married the first time, because, um, because I would have like had that ability to have that honest conversation and when we're not in right standing with the Lord, we're walking in fear. We don't know how to have these conversations. Maybe some people do, but I just know that 
my ex-wife and I should have just remained really good friends, you know? And, um, and then, yeah, like maybe we both get wrecked by the Lord and see what happens. But, but like, really we were friends and that, and, uh, loneliness leads us to doing these things. But anyway, um, I love that you said that. I love that you going after your calling. Uh, I love your story too, because we have prayer houses in the city because of, of men like you that pioneered and came here and sang at like Union Square, I think. And then just like prayed into God's move in New York, like through prayer. And it was like along that journey, you met Carla. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good. Absolutely. So good. So good. Um, thank you for sharing that because I feel like a lot of people, especially in church, because we, we want to wait on the Lord and we believe in covenant. So it's not like frivolous dating. You know what I mean? Like, at least for me, I have a yeah. conviction about not dating a whole bunch, like really waiting on the Lord and God will provide, mm-hmm. um, you know, my rib. <laughs> but um, but like, yeah, we got my rib. <laughs> Get my rib back. And so, <laughs> and, um, so uh, I just I just love that. And um, so if there's anything you more you wanted to say about that or encourage that, if not, we could move on to like DCSSM and what that is and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, just it's precious to uh, be married for sure. I I absolutely love it, um, and it's so powerful. That's why I think people get off track because it's such a strong mm. desire and we were created to be in relationship and uh, marriage is that that relationship that God uses to show the world what he wants with us right the bridegroom and the bride in the song mm. of Solomon and also the book of revelation you know the bride in the last chapter of the book of revelation is the one who cries out to jesus Mm. to come so it's not an army as mike bickle says it's not you know any other identity of the church other than the bride who's crying out for her husband to come her bridegroom to come and it's a cry of a of of the bridegroom of the bride and her desire wow. for him so it's that revelation there's so much to it um and i love what you said about the pleasure and pleasing god and i love mike bickle he's like a hero of, hmm. of mine and he sat he sat his sons down and told them when they were teenagers he said hey guys you know, your, your friends that are going after all this pleasure, he's like, I can, I can like totally like beat them in their desire for wanting pleasure. Like I, I top out all your friends mm. combined. He's like, I'm a, I'm a pleasure hunter, but he says, I find it wow. in God, not in, not in drugs, not in alcohol, not in women. He's like, we were created for that. And I found the source wow. and it's in in God. So we were created for pleasure. And that's why when I met Jesus, I didn't have to do drugs or anything like that Mm. because 
it felt like I was on the greatest, not that I want to compare God to a drug because, you know, God is a person. He's mm -hmm. Jesus. But at the same time, it was beyond what I've ever experienced in in the drug mm. culture. Um, and it was pure. It was holy. It was clean. And it didn't leave Come hangovers on. or Come anything on. like that, you know. And it just wanted me, it made me want to love people and, yeah. and um, you know, be kind to people yeah. and have a good work ethic. So there's nothing greater than God. And that's the source. We got to tap back into Come the on. source. So if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, all you have to do is receive him as your Lord and Savior. And you could mm. have a new life today. Because of what Christ did for you at the cross, you could have a new life today in this moment when you ask him into your life as your Lord and Savior, repent wow. of your sin and come under his lordship. He could rule and reign in your life and you could have a completely different reality because of Jesus. Wow. So good. So good. Wow. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> like... I'm just like, wow, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. That's so good. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. So I've been, I've been, so I've been experimenting with this thing where like when I'm recording, if I feel the Lord moving, I just kind of allow him to move. And I just feel like, sure. yeah. So, if you're listening, I just experience, I just pray that you would uh, just experience his love right now, that he is so, has so many thoughts about you and um, more than the sand on the seashore, more than the stars that are in heaven. Um, he, he loves you. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would move on everyone who's listening, God, and that uh, if they don't know you, Lord, that they would they would just simply say, "Come," you know, that they would they would just ask you to be the Lord of their lives. God, you're so good, Jesus. Ooh, mm. Wow. So, yeah, wow. So um, that's a good transition into GCSSM and <laughs> and the joy of the Lord. And, and this idea of the finished work, like, um, we don't have to talk about it very long, but like, you know, how you got a part of GCSSM and then how this, this message of, of the finished work and also just like the joy of the Lord, the gifts of the spirit, um, how that works out in school. And I guess, I guess we're like, if you're interested, you know what I mean? Like you can sign up. <laughs> But, um, you know, I'm a graduate of GCSSM and I, I love that school and I'm just so grateful. And Georgian actually has a book out too right now called Joy. And uh, I'll be putting that in yeah. the description for the episode. But um, I just love them. They're awesome. And I'm, my, my walk is, it, you know, my walk is indebted to them. So um, I think also I wanted to say too that if you're listening and, and you've and you felt some type of way about church, Georgian and Winnie live what mm -hmm. they say. 
you know, Kalel and Carla live what they mm-hmm. say. These are giants that I've mm-hmm. met that I have the grace to walk with who like feed starving kids and, and adopt them and, 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 and become moms and dads to them. And they, they, they did weddings for people that live in trash heaps, you know, so that they could experience mm-hmm. the splendor of covenant. Um, if you think covenant's corny or, or outdated, you're, you're so misinformed. Um, that's Jesus's mm-hmm. pleasure for you to, um, to, to meet and, and to experience love and to experience joy, joy, unthinkable. Like, like I just, it yeah. says the Bible says that at the right hand of God are pleasures forevermore. And um, if mm-hmm. I can sum up GCS to Sim, it's like that. <laughs> like at his right hand is pleasures mm-hmm. forevermore. And like we're at his right hand. Like the Lord is with us all the time. So if you if you want to share a little bit about Jesus Sim, that would be cool. Um yeah. Sure. Yeah, I met Georgian through uh you were talking yeah. about dreams before had a couple of dreams about him and before I met him and then God kind of intersected our paths and it ended up that uh, I felt like called to help him start the school in New York. And I've been getting to know Georgian Banoff and his wife, Winnie, for the Mm. last six years and they have a real passion for the gospel. They have a real passion for the finished work message. And um, out of Romans 6, 7, and 8, the book of Galatians, all throughout the New mm-hmm. Testament, really, uh, deep, deep passion and desire for the word of God. And that's what they unpack in the school, along with training in the gifts of the spirit, but their main mandate is to train and instruct on identity. Identity is a huge thing. Mainly your identity in the new creation. What happened to you Mm. at the cross in Romans six, it says we were crucified with Christ, you know, and also that we were buried with Christ and that we were raised with Christ. So those are three things that happen to us at the cross. And we partake of that by grace through faith and become a new creation. So the reality of what happened to us and the clarity that's brought out in GCSSM is really important because a lot of people have false understanding of identity, of who they are in the new creation You know, we emphasize in GCSSM about the new heart. Ezekiel prophesied about it, how God would give us a new heart, would replace the heart of stone and Mm. give us a heart of flesh. And that's really what happens to us in the death, burial, and resurrection, is that the heart of stone was crucified Mm. with Christ, was buried, and uh, the life that was raised with Jesus has a heart of flesh, a heart that can feel, a good heart, a clean heart. And um, theologians uh, get kind of messy when it comes to that 
those scriptures in, in the Bible about the new heart, about the new life. And GCSSM really emphasizes the fact that, you know, we were circumcised with Christ, you know, not a uh, circumcision of the flesh, but of the spirit where our old man was cut off and now we have a new life in Christ that is removed from that old identity, from that mm. old nature. And we can still sin, but we're sinning from a place of an unrenewed mind rather than being possessed by an entity or a dominion of sin that rules and reigns in the mm. world system. So, you know, John the Baptist say, behold, the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world, right? And in Christ, we have a new and a living way where Christ dealt with the entity, the domain of sin, and allows us to operate in a new ecosystem, in a new environment called the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. And it's it's crucified to the world. Paul said, I'm crucified to the world. What does that mean? That means the system of the world and the entity in which it operates is dead wow. to me. And I operate in a new environment, in a new atmosphere, in a new world called the kingdom of God, called the new creation. You know, Paul said, None of this stuff matters other than the new creation. He says mm. that in the book of Galatians. So there's so much in the word that needs to be highlighted and brought out in teaching and instruction and understanding of who we are in Jesus. And that's what's emphasized in the school. That's what Georgine and Winnie teach and preach. And that's what I've been sitting under for the last six years as far as training, instruction. And if we don't know our identities, we're going to flow and operate in the gifts in a way that gets tainted and gets hindered and diminishes some of the health that can be uh, operated in with mm. the power gifts. So it's important that we're clean in our identities, that we're clean mm. in our theology uh, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit as well. So that's why GCSSM is, is great because it really will help you understand your, your identity in Christ and bring clarity yeah, to that area. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much. That was so... That was so good. I was like, oh, man, I think I'll sign up for next semester. <laughs> But um, that's so good because that you're um, you're so right. Yeah, I forget about that. That the the principal thing about the school is my identity. Learning about my identity in Christ yeah. has changed how I receive from the Lord and changed how I share it with others and how I live in the secret place and how I live at home. You know, um, because I'm a son. And, and we're daughters. And one of the things I love so much about school is that 
in our first or second semester, I think it's our first semester, we read Supernatural Ways Royalty by Chris Volatin. And I mean, this guy used to offend mm-hmm. me like crazy. I into the school with like <laughs> a very radical liberal point of view. And God, and, and, and I went to a liberal yeah. school. I went to a liberal seminary. And, and so learning right. about the identity and then having access to, you know, um, Papa Rich and uh, Rich Brink and the, and, and Georgian and honestly, right. Kalel, I think that God really shifted things for me as I learned more and more about Gio's history, like about his life and coming to America and how mm-hmm. he saw the bread. And um, I feel like God's highlighting that because in that dream that I interpreted, um, there was bread at the end of the dream. And it was the bread mm. that helped this person um, be encouraged that there was um, hope and that there was possibility. And, there, you know what I mean? There was prosperity mm. in this new land. And at Harrisburg Mm. at Firestorm this past weekend, I met a couple more people, same thing. The thing that they really remember about coming to this country was the access of bread, like so much bread. And Mm. I have a friend uh, named Wally. (laughs) We nicknamed him Bread Man, but he is fire. So amazing. We went to Jesus Image together. He, um, every Monday at Resting Place, he comes and provides bread because he goes to the Union Square market and gets all this bread. And and Jesus is the bread of life. And so it, it just really mm. blew me away because hearing Gio's story and then learning about identity has really helped me to appreciate what we have and to sort of see how that even changed a lot of how I sort of orchestrate my life and... and um with the whole like thing about the world and America and like all this stuff. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't really want to go there right now, but, um, but it, it's, there's something <laughs> to be said about a perspective of someone who is radically touched by God coming from a land where there mm-hmm. is an opportunity and then coming here. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I take this for granted every single day, but with the Lord, I now mm-hmm. appreciate it because now I'm, I care about my neighbors and I care about what they go through. And it's ultimately not even me, it's Jesus. Jesus cares about them and he works through us so that yeah. we can bring them into the realization of what he's done, like his finished work, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I love, I love, I love how you shared that. And um, that's, that was really really um really great um <laughs> so this is like a, i was just was thinking as you were talking i was like wow holy spirit's just transitioning us real nicely um um so my next thing that i would like to tackle is the same way we are learning about identity and because of like learning about our identity now we can walk um with a pure heart a clean heart oh that's what it is okay I want to get to prophetic nation, but before I do, um, what is it? What is it? So a pure heart, um, it was, uh, it has to do with that. It has to do with, 
Oh, man, maybe it'll come to me. It, it came to me, and then I lost it, and then I was like, oh, no, I found another sentence, um, ADD. Um, <laughs> but there, there was something that, uh, I, that you talked about that I wanted to touch on, and that was um, that I think it would be helpful for people, and that is um, a failure to understand our identity will, in, a, in essence, lead to a toxic orchestration of the prophetic gifts. Um, and then... Mm. Jesus led you to kindness and to loving people, right? And, but what about those right, who've right. experienced like tears and like hardships and, and, um, in church and, and they're, they're having a hard time receiving that kindness message or like, um, uh, that, that might be like, you know, I like that identity message. Um, I think I might be this kind of person. Uh, but I've had such a um, a rough go with church folks. How do I trust again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people like that should first make it about, it sounds kind of weird, but make it about, you know, them yeah. in this. We could have a relationship with God you know, without, okay, I'll qualify what I'm saying, but we could have a relationship with God in a a way where it's just us and him, Mm. right? Like I have my personal relationship with God and no one else is in that world, is in that space. So as we grow in that and as we get healed in that place, you know, I, I believe that I learned early on that Jesus said said this. He said, you know, I know what's in man uh, because he was basically saying he didn't put his trust in mm. people. And there's a healthy and an unhealthy version of that. But that scripture marked me as a young believer um, to kind of take off expectations mm. I had on people, you know, um, and place my trust and faith in God. And er, as an early believer, I, I, you know, had a bunch of different situations and, and things that could have really scarred me and marked me and made me walk away from God or get you know, burnt out and disillusioned by people. But because God so ingrained me in him and our relationship was more important than any other Mm. relationship. Like it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what kind of socioeconomic status, if you were my boss, like Jesus was ultimately, you know, Lord Mm. over my life. So, you know, my life was, you know, basically flowed from that place of relationship with Jesus over any other relationship. So other people do not define my relationship with God, right? Their behavior, you know, their sin, that doesn't define my one-on-one relationship. I have with God. So they can't actually affect my relationship with God. 
because I've developed a relationship with God that's just me and him. Yeah. So how how are they going to affect my relationship with God if, you know, I'm developing a relationship with him that's outside mm. of them? It's good. Yeah. You know, so I think it's important that we all build our own wells in God and we don't put people on a pedestal or p- put expectations on people, you know, where they need to fulfill these expectations in order for me to serve okay. God. You know, that's a faulty foundation, you know. Yes, there is a certain level of, I, I think that you could get unhealthy and not right. trust anybody, right? But when it comes to God and our relationship with God, that's first and foremost. I mean, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first. And then, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So we need to keep first, you know, you know, in its rightful place, which is loving God, receiving his love. And then everything else flows from that place. And when we have it mixed up, when I, we have our priorities mixed up, you know, it, it could taint our uh, walk with God. So don't put any person in front of your relationship with God. And don't allow any pain or trauma from the past to damage your relationship yeah. with God. You know, for, forgive people because, you know, people have done terrible things uh, to others, but they shouldn't have power to determine the quality of your mm-hmm. life in mm-hmm. the now, you know, they, they, yes, they sinned against you. Um, but they don't have a right to own any mental real estate or real estate in your soul and your wow. emotions. You know, they, that was their sin. They, they did things against you and, uh, but don't allow them because of their sin to own any kind of emotional real estate in your life, you know, you could get healed from the Lord, release yeah. them in love and walk in a quality of life that Christ paid mm. to give you and you deserve to live in. Amen. It's, it's like this, like, you know, when people are sick, they think about, the sickness because the body is telling them warning, warning, you know, there's something wrong with you. But when they're not sick and they're healed or they, for example, if they have a pain in their neck and then all of a sudden they get healed, they forget that they even (laughs) had that pain. It's true. It's true. Right. Like, (laughs) like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's like, you don't recall in the morning all the pains you had in life and be like, oh, I remember when I had, you know, the sciatica or, you know, you just kind of go about your day and you enjoy life. So there's certain things that we need to get healed from so that they're no longer even a passing thought in our minds, but we're overcome by the goodness of the now. So that's why, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, lay aside those weights because that's what they are they're weights that hinder the momentum of our lives the acceleration in which god wants to take us into 
is halted by the sin and the snares and the pain from yes. the past. Yes. So those are all things that we need to face and get healing in so that they're no longer even a thought in our minds. Wow. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Cause like, that can be like, you know, some of this content could be like, you know, draining, but I just thank you for going there and sharing that because, um, that's something I've learned too in these last few years is, is like I used to champion these pains in this past and this stuff and it's for what, right? And, but championing what God has done in my life and the finished work that he's done in my life and who he is and the perfection that he is, it's like, wait, like I'm saved. Like I'm forgiven. I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint, you know? Um, Ephesians address the church as saints, uh, Paul to the church of Ephesus, address them as saints. And so it's like, no, I have to walk in my identity and I'm a saint and I'm forgiven and I'm working through these things. But as I work through them and like, you know, I've been in counseling for about 20, 20 weeks now and God is just the grace. It's just been so good and just all these things. So it's like, you know, pursue, pursue those things, pursue that healing, but know that while you're pursuing that healing, Jesus has already healed you and you're catching up to his like already like his will in our lives. Like, I feel like, I feel like it was Gio or Jeff Strauss. He was kind of saying one day in class that, um, that like we're catching up to like God's thoughts about us or something like that like like we're perfect in his mm. imagination and his thoughts for us and mm. we're just catching up to it <laughs> something something like that wow. it was so powerful i was like whoa like okay i'm done you know check please <laughs> 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 well i um uh we, we we've been talking for a while and so i'm pretty much um done i just um, if you're still okay, if you're still hanging on, if you're all right, I would love for you to share about Prophetic Nation. And then you could go into, we can go into the books and then we could wrap up in prayer. Um, I love, I just want to say thank you too for your evangelist. You're, you're such an evangelist and, and just bringing Jesus into it mm. and also offering an opportunity for people to know who Jesus is and um receive jesus uh that was so beautiful and like i know i need to like work more on that um when i'm doing stuff you know and um but prophetic nation to me is just so awesome like the logo the everything but um <laughs> i, I just... um god god is oh, no uh, just God has given you such imagination, it seems. And, um, and so, um, what is the prophetic nation? And I mean, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm, there's this portion that Will Ford and Matt Lockett were talking about. Uh, Matt Lockett's from Justice House of Prayer in DC and Will Ford is in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what his church is. It's like 818 or something. Um, but uh, he's awesome. They have a book called the the, um, the Dream King. 
it's an amazing story. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, he's just given you such great creative imagination. And I just feel like when COVID hit, God just released like, wow. He just like opened your mouth and your fingers, <laughs> you know, and you just went nuts. <laughs> and it was so beautiful and so good. And, um, I also wanted to just say that we all prayed about this. Remember when we prayed about this at, I think it was Devin's apartment or one, someone's apartment. We mm -hmm. prayed that we felt that 2020 was going to be like, God was going to highlight your voice and like you and Carla, oh, wow. I, I can send it to you. I, I still have the recording. I remember when you guys prayed, but I forgot about that <laughs> yeah, part. Right. Yeah. We were like, we were like, yeah, like <laughs> God is saying like, it's time, you know, like I'm releasing you. And um, it was so That's cool. Awesome. And when it started happening, like Maddie and, and Manny and everyone was just like, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, if you have that recording, I definitely, send yeah, it. I so will. I'll definitely send oh it. Oh my God. I know, I know you probably send it a while ago, but that was probably over Whoa. a year ago. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was awesome. I was like, man, like, whoa, we're, we're, we're like, you know, amen. So anyway, I'm coming from like celebrity church. So it's like, it's like to have friendships and like, you know, people are amazing. It's like, you know, it's, it's like weird, you know, it's like, like, oh, I'm praying for this person. It's like, man, it's close, my friend. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that's the thing too, I love too. If you, if you're listening and you've been a part of like the sort of celebrity thing or thinking like you're not good enough or that's nonsense. One of the things I've learned at GCSSM and from being friends with Kalel and being in Christ, honestly, like just reading the Bible, is that the gifts of God are for all creation. Everyone can have mm -hmm. these things. And even better, you have them. Pray into them. Talk to Jesus. Get into the secret place. Where is the mm -hmm. secret place? That's where you and in the Lord, just you and the Lord praying and worshiping mm. and allowing him to communicate to you we call it downloads you know he downloads into your spirit into your conscience his thoughts mm. and his imaginations so for good. you and when when you're in tune with him you'll see like wow like these people i'm hearing about it happening for me and and that's the one of the things i love mm. about what i've been learning about being in christ is that I don't have to be some super duper dude um, in order to experience God's favor and love in my life. I just have to be in alignment mm. with him and he works through me and he works through every single person. Like one of the things I remember from school is that being in school and then like being around people and, you know, in my flesh, judging the situation, right? It's like some more charismatic mm -hmm. than others. But then when we heard God speak yeah. through each other and we were releasing and stepping out yeah. on risk, which is what this podcast is about. Who dares wins and needs to take a risk, right? I was like, you're amazing. You're amazing. Everyone here is amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I never saw that before in my life. GCSSM is such an affirming space. Um, 
you know, yeah. and, and we say that a lot in culture, but in Christ, Jesus is affirming. The Holy Spirit affirms mm. you. The mm. Father affirms you. Wow, Ooh. that's powerful. All right. So <laughs> it was like, whoa. <laughs> um, what is prophetic nation? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would love to share a little bit okay. about that. Um, so good, JP. You're like a preacher, man. Wow. It's so good. Um, so many good nuggets you were sharing with me today, man. I'm just there's they're stored up in my spirit. Wow. So thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, so long story short, prophetic nation is birthed out of a word that God gave me, and He said to father his prophetic nation. And that has been kind of a formation of what I do now, which is it's a group on Facebook that I release prophetic mm. words and I also activate people in the prophetic. Mm. And that's just inviting them into a place of taking those risks, stepping out, because the Bible says that we are his sheep and we do hear his voice. And one of the primary, um, well, one of the main strategies of the enemy is to get you to doubt your ability to hear God's voice. Yes. What he, what he did in the garden, he said to Eve, did God really say so he gets you to question your ability to hear God. And um, prophetic nation is not raising, it is, but it's not just raising up prophets. It's raising up a nation of people that hear God. And according to Acts chapter 2, when Peter quoted the book of Joel, that the Holy Spirit is, this is that, you know, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters yes. will prophesy. So everybody's not called to be a prophet. Everybody doesn't have the gift grace of prophecy. But as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, everyone can mm. prophesy. No one is negated from the gift from from flowing in the gift mm -hmm. of prophecy. And like I said, it might not be your primary grace gift, but it is accessible to every believer. And it's something that Paul tells us to eagerly desire, to earnestly desire. So he wasn't saying, go after this thing. I'm not sure whether or not the Father will in his sovereignty grant you this thing you know he wasn't giving the church empty promises but he put a requirement in front of the gift which was desire mm. in the same way you know god doesn't force you to marry someone wow you know he gives us the free will to wow. choose so we need to pursue the gift for the purpose of building yes. up the church. So prophetic nation is mainly just to open up people's eyes. And if they do want the prophetic gifting to encourage them and teach them the process of interpretation, uh, 
and how to mature in love, in the gifting. So that's my calling to father people in the prophetic mm-hmm. anointing and train them in the gifts of the spirit. Um, and uh, it's been great. So that's what I do on the nice. Facebook group. Nice. Yeah. Could you um, just say like real briefly, like what the prophetic is for those who don't know what that is? Because I, I tend to talk about it and then I'm like, because in seminary at a liberal seminary, the prophetic meant um, like justice, like the prophetic word of justice, like Amos, Hosea, stuff like that. But in our community, oh, I've wow. learned that it's like foretelling, foretelling, and also just kind of like speaking. Um, oh, what did Edwin say at Resting Place? And what um, I believe you both say this, uh, it's kind of like speaking God's heart, like we're in alignment with heaven's heart for people um but but like you you could share that even better than i could yeah i mean scripture says that god's thoughts towards us are more numerous than the sand on the seashore you know so at any moment god is thinking over you know a trillion thoughts for us each individually and it has to do with our unique experience dna life interaction with him and so at any moment we could tap into his mind over our lives and revelation chapter uh, 19 i believe verse 10 tells us that the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's connected to prophecy is just mainly interacting with the holy spirit and allowing him to give us his wisdom his knowledge his insight and it's it's meant the gift of prophecy is meant to encourage and build up and comfort the church so there are specifics concerning the prophetic the prophet the gift of prophecy hearing god but in a general sense, it's mainly tapping into the mind of God, the heart of God. Yeah. Concerning someone so else. So it's like, yeah. So it's or kind yourself. of like an in house thing, kind of like communion. Like communion is for the believers, right? Right. Communion is for the believers. You know, prophecy is for both unbeliever okay. and believer. Because it says that in 1 Corinthians 14, that if an unbeliever walks in among you and everyone, that's an example Ah, of a scripture that tells us that everyone can prophesy. Yeah. Yeah. If everyone is prophesying, Paul says, the unbeliever will fall on his face and declare among you, God is truly alive because the spirit of prophecy will reveal the heart of the unbeliever and that's what will get the unbeliever to say no one could have known that other than god yes yes and that totally makes sense of like how like some someone maybe like with a background in new age experience like a prophetic community and now their heart and their mind have now made like an like have been aligned to the father's will for their lives 
and like that synergy takes place. I just made that up, but it's like it, that's what I saw in my mind is like the synergy of like, oh, I was oh, I was designed for you, and then because of that community, now it's like this is who I am. Like I'm a like I'm I'm meant right. to be with him, and he's with. Oh, sorry, I'm about I'm about to get wrecked. <laughs> I love him so much. I just love him. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, we'll, we'll, we're going <laughs> to wrap up. <laughs> I just love him so much. He's been so good to me. He's, he's so good to everyone. He's so good to my friends that don't believe in him either. <laughs> um, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, okay, so you have two books that are out. I'm telling you, if, if, if you... Just go buy these books. The Sons Sons of Glory, which is really like these people that God is raising up. He's pouring out his spirit on all people. This is a really great way to to learn more about all the things Kalal was sharing and in his journey, but also just straight up like scripture and then like what it means. He doesn't really add any sauce to it. There's no it's just basically scripture. Um and then the conscience I'm starting <laughs> to read now. And I just feel like more, more now than ever, it is really important for us to know and have the authority of Christ to know what is from him in our mind and what is not. And what's right. from him in our spirit True. and what is not. Because there are different spirits and there are different things. And um, just like with this whole social dilemma thing and, and social media, um, it's really yeah. important to have pure minds before the Lord. And like, it's his will to speak to you in your imagination, in your conscience. And um, I, I remember when I was growing up and I'm just starting to, to read the book now, but um, so you can like, kind of like, you know, say what you want to say about it. But I just remember thinking that when I got saved, before I got saved, I was like, I had this sort of voice that sort of would like, tell me like what's right what's wrong you know these kinds of things and mm. then when i got saved i was like oh wow i think my conscience is somehow the voice of the lord through the way he's designed me mm. um and mm. so yeah um talk about sons of glory the conscience and i i believe you have another book too you have like you have books that that you don't even talk about i feel like <laughs> mm -hmm. so and that, that, yeah. And then we'll just wrap up. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Sons of Glory deals with a little of, uh, end of the age stuff. Um, you know, uh, what happens and what I believe scripture talks about the restoration of all things and how we as believers are called to be uh, participants in jesus restoring all things so i talk a little bit about that in sons of glory along with paul's missionary journey to the city of ephesus and the things that happened in acts 19 and 20 there in ephesus so i connect revival and the glory carrying the glory to what happened to paul in mm. ephesus and then uh you know, the book on the conscience is just to clarify to believers 
when I was studying the conscience, I only found a couple books actually that people wrote on it. It's not really talked about a lot, but Paul talks about it in the New Testament a lot. And I just wanted to, I it, it was a two-year journey, maybe more of studying, researching, asking the Lord about it. And uh, it's, it's quite complex, and it's good to have an understanding on the mechanism of conscience. Wow. Because the conscience is a God-given tool that will reinforce your belief system. Mm. So it's important that our belief systems are aligned with truth, because some people who say, I did this because of my conscience, and they did something that was not the Lord. Mm. It's because we've been given a God-given tool to help reinforce, you know, morality, but our morality needs to be lined up with the truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can see how people like activists and they're doing things because they think it's right. And some of their purposes are aligned with truth and righteousness other things that they're aligned with are perverted Mm. but they have a sense of morality they have a sense of justice they have a sense of doing things right according to what they they believe is right and the conscience will help reinforce those things so until someone is born again and aligns their belief system with the truth of good and evil the conscience um, is in a place that needs to get trained Mm. and it needs to mature in righteousness. So the book goes into that and, and deals with some of those complexities because that's one area, like you were saying, JP, it's important we understand what is God and what's not God. Mm -hmm. So it helps break down the understanding of the human makeup to know, okay, um, you know, this one area that I feel is right, is it right according to the word of God or is it right just because, you know, my conscience is reinforcing a belief system that could be an error? So it gets a little complicated, but I do my best to try to break it down in the book and hopefully it'll help people understand the makeup of the human and how we need to align our lives with the truth of God's word and grow in the fruit of righteousness and holiness that he's put inside of us. Wow. Wow. So good. So good. And and the way it's just like a uh, prag- pragmatic, I don't know if that's the right word, but like just it's written in a way that is, is really will, um, it will, uh, it'll keep your attention and it's not too much. So you can receive it. You can receive it. And if you need to like read it again, you can, you don't, you're not going to get lost in like a bunch of verbiage. You're going to, you're going to hear right. sound truth fill. Like, I love like how it's filled with scripture. I'm like, Oh man, I need to add more scriptures to the stuff I write too. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to finish with just reading a couple quotes. Um, I don't have quotes from the conscience at the moment, but just to give people an idea These are some of the things that we talked about today, but you can find these in Sons of Glory and definitely pick up the conscience. I'm going to put a link in the um, description for the episode. You can find it on Amazon. Get the physical copy. I got the Kindle one. Um, 
But these are some of the quotes from the from Sons of Glory. Uh, when people come into agreement with the word, they are set free along with the atmosphere around them. Um, as we implement Christ's peace in the earth, satanic plans of fear are crushed. When we release the peace and glory of God, it allows others to be set free from fear. We talked about that. As people come into agreement with God's word and release peace, the atmosphere will shift for kingdom. Like when we come into agreement with God's word, we release peace and the atmosphere is forced to shift because we're coming in alignment with God. That's how powerful God is in us. Um, And when we treat others poorly, we quench the flow of the Holy Spirit and Mm -hmm. glory from our lives. So we can treat people poorly and it actually will affect and hinder Holy Spirit's flow and in the glory in our lives. And when the church agrees with Christ's heart cry, this is amazing. Let me um, just click on this real quick. Um, when we agree, um, there it is. This is uh, toward the end. When the church agrees with Christ's heart cry, we will walk in a unity that reveals the nature of God to the world around us. We will be so united in Christ that the rage of Satan and all his schemes will not be able to divide one brother from another, one sister from another. This will completely baffle the world and the demonic forces behind the world system. So, and this is where I want, I felt God was, was calling me. Was, he was calling me to like, who dares wins? What does that really mean? It means to step in faith. It means to address mm. fear with the power and love of God, because yeah. we have nothing to lose but our fear. And, um, and I just mm. found so much encouragement and maturity and learning more and more about the prophetic, about the gifts of the mm. Spirit. And I feel like when, God, when people come into an encounter with that, when they hear that God's heart is a heart for them, He has words for them, He, he has an imagination for them, um, they're just like blown away versus mm. like traditional church. And um, it's kind of like I either get it or I don't. And I'm just out here. Like mm. we don't need a rock star message. We need an encounter, you know? Yeah. And so um, thank you so much. And if, you, if you'd like, I, I would love for you to just close us in prayer. And that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Father, I just thank you for those listening in to uh, this amazing podcast. And I love what you said. The only thing that we have to lose is fear. And let that be our anthem today, that we would let go of our fears, grab a hold of our faith and hope for our futures. And I just want to encourage you guys that there is so much goodness there's so much hope for you guys in god and that's where it is it's in god and um, he has so many good plans for your life so lord i thank you for the listeners i pray you would fill them with your hope with your love with your joy your peace and your freedom and that this podcast would go to the nations to bring inspiration and motivation to 
enter into that place of faith and rest and simple trust in you as their Lord and, and creator and lover. So we just bless you uh, today and say you get all the glory for our lives in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Lord, I just bless Kalel too. Um, Just bless him and bless his ministry, his, his family, his marriage, God. I just thank you for allowing him to share from his heart. And just the journey and the wisdom and the insight that you've given him, God. I just pray more and more um, for him um, and life and godliness and all these things, God. More visions, more dreams, more books. Um, Wow, just powerful family connection. And even more for him and Carla, Lord. Uh, Yeah, as we await your return, we're so stoked to see you, Jesus. Um, yeah, and so I just pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Kalo. Um, yeah, absolutely. Have a great day, <laughs> and too, I'll be man. in touch. <laughs> awesome, love you, bro. Love you too. Okay, bye. talk to you soon. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye.